Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Shalomi, my ho ho homies, and welcome to a very special episode of Netflix oh and Swill. Oh my god. <laughs> where I enrage Caleb by making terrible puns and enrage Nick by putting jingle bells beho- behind the entire episode. Uh, I'm Dan. Bah humbug. I'm a Grinch type. Uh, and it's a Christmas episode, so that means we're reviewing three Christmas movies that hit Netflix this year The Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Jingle Jangle, and Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Did I say Parton's Parton's? Excuse me, St. Dolly. You better fucking get it right. How are you? I'm wonderful since we last spoke. Uh, eh. mere, mere 20 minutes ago, uh, as we wrapped <laughs> up our last episode. Christmas is really popping off here at the the Caleb house. We're the hap-hap-happiest bunch of assholes since the thing that Chevy Chase says. Since Bing Crosby da- tap danced with Danny fucking K. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would know it. Hallelujah, holy shit, where's the Tylenol? So I had Ashley watch that, uh, although we I don't own the Blu-ray for that here. Uh, I bought it for my family because I'm a good son, but that means I don't have like the unedited version, so she had the, the made-for-TV version, and I just was so sad during that rant because it was just like half of it was fucking bleeped out and I was very upset. That's the worst. You don't even get to see the girl's boobs. No. Well, you don't get to see that anyway. Yeah. I thought there was like a a brief booby bit in that movie. No. It's not really like a family movie. No, it's not. But they play it on freeform anyway. Which is ABC Family, for those of you who are not no longer in the know. But uh, there's the shot of her coming up out of the pool, and we're about to see her boobs, like, completely. But then that's when Ruby Sue comes up and like, Santa Claus! And then that's it. Uh, that's right. Now I remember. Watch that movie a lot. I quote that movie a lot with my family. There were, there were many times where I'm like, we use that quote, we use that quote, we use that quote. Glad my my okay. stories about my family has has riveted you so much. Uh, so instead, we're going to talk about some some Christmas movies, starting with <laughs> The Christmas Chronicles Two, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, um, a movie about uh, Santa Claus, played by Kurt Russell, uh, and Mrs. Claus, played by his real life wife Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know that these Santas fuck. Uh, and this is directed by Chris Columbus, oh, the no. founder of America. Yep. Also the director of the first two Harry Potter movies. Yep. Uh, what did you think? God, I fucking hated this. I started with this and I hated this. <laughs> so you're a big fan of the first one, right? Yeah, I love the first one. The first one is yeah. simple. It's not CGI laden. 
and it, it actually has a heart to it, and it's make it's making fun of the cliches, and like even even though it's like basically playing off of them. In this, it's just cliched. Like it's it's not having fun playing off of them. It's just oh, here's a cliche, and here's more cliche, and here's more hol- holiday cliches. I feel like they're still having fun in this space, but like I I get what you're getting at. Like it's like of course this would be the sequel, right? Right. Like I don't know. Kate Pierce, now a cynical teen. Uh I would call her more of a like a, a moody preteen, but yes. okay. Uh, is unexpectedly reunited with Santa Claus when a mysterious troublemaker threatens to cancel Christmas forever. Oh, no. Uh, this is a six out of ten on IMDb. So so what did you think? Uh, compared to the first one, which was a 7.1. Um, it's all right. It's not the Christmas Chronicles one. No. It's not but, Klaus. Uh, there's some things I enjoyed, like they do... They do have a lot of CGI creatures and stuff in it. We get to see Kurt Russell uh, fucking yeet a, a big cat into the stratosphere. Yeah, I remember that. Which is great. Um, they call it a Yule cat, which is just so wonderful. <laughs> I liked uh, the addition of the new the new cast member. Actually, oh. this movie is almost exactly beat for beat the plot of Over the Moon. Yeah. Uh, young girl lost a parent. New parent is interested in moving into a new romantic relationship. She's not having it. The new would be step sibling goes on her goes on an adventure with her. They bond, and she decides that she's willing to accept her new family dynamic. Yeah. And the the journey that they go on involves them going into a, a, a magical fantasy place. So yeah, that's really all Christmas Chronicles Part 2 is. It's just shittier over the moon. Correct. That is 100% correct. I will say this. Uh, Jack, the kid who plays Jack, is... I get he's a kid, but dear God, like, we're reaching, like, Jake Lloyd levels of bad delivery. <laughs> I wonder what this kid's midichlorian count is. Well, uh, Ryan Johnson says, very high. J.J. Uh, Abrams says, doesn't exist, because uh, he's he's a kid that's not a Skywalker and therefore can't be a Jedi. Touche. Man, I'm glad I decided not to watch... Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Fucking ever. terrible. I've also never seen... What's three? Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen that. Oh, that's not bad. And probably never will. Like, the, uh, all, really, all you need to watch is the, the lightsaber fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin. You get the gist of the movie. Yeah. He has the high ground, and... No, this is... uh, he underestimates... He underestimates his power, and... Then he has no legs. And and only has one arm and then catches fire. Because they're on the lava planet. 
Uh, is it called Mustafar? It is called Mustafar. And then in Rogue One... How do I know that? And then in Rogue One, a Star Wars story, they go back to Mustafar, where, uh, ironically, he has his base of operations out of... Okay. <laughs> it's symbolic, Caleb. It's because he does things. Yeah, it's the cradle of his rebirth. Uh, let's talk about Christmas Chronicles. Uh... I guess the other notable thing is that the antagonist to this movie is the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People, uh, which is kind of hilarious that I recently watched that for the first time, because I was like, wait, is that the kid from Hunt for the Wilder People? And then it was. And I was like, wow. He was in a, he was in a good movie, and now he's in this. What? A, how his star has fallen. Yeah, so uh, basic plotline is uh, Bell Snickle, an elf who was so naughty that he became a human uses Kate from the first movie to sneak into Santa's village and start wreaking havoc. Uh, so he steals the the magical Christmas star, which powers Santa's village and all of his fantastic wonders, uh, which is uh, a magical artifact that contains uh, the pure power of the Star of Bethl- Bethlehem, because... Uh, Santa Claus is a, a follower of Christ, and um, Santa has to go get a new Christmas star to save the village, so that he can give kids toys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are all correct. So let me let me talk about the main things uh, that I need to talk about. With this first of all, Tyrese Gibson is in this movie. Uh, and with Kurt Russell in this movie, uh, both of those actors have played in the Fast and Furious franchise, and therefore this is an official Fast and Furious franchise sequel. Uh, <laughs> I have decreed it. This is how this works. So uh, this is uh, automatically the worst Fast and Furious sequel imaginable. But uh, aside from that... They do do like a stunt race between sleighs, and they have like weapons that come out of the sleighs to try to destroy each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not far off here, no matter what everyone says. Uh, the other thing is that I think Goldie Hawn is sleepwalking her way through this movie. She just doesn't seem interested in being there. Like, this is basically a paycheck for her. Like, I feel like originally she was just like, yeah, I'll be in a cameo at the end of the movie. Because I think that'd be fun and cute. And then they're like, oh, this did well enough that we want a sequel. And she's like, well, shit. <laughs> Kurt Russell, at least, does seem to be enjoying his time. I agree. But, yeah. Uh, and, f- yeah, that was another thing. It's like, I think Kurt Russell's the only good part about this movie. Like, he, he seems like he's still enjoying himself. He's, like, taking it seriously. Uh, and everybody else, like, the kids are whatever. There's just so much CGI. And then, like, the musical number is atrocious. It is one of my least favorite it's things pretty bad. I've ever seen in a movie. Like, because the jailhouse rock scene is the best part of Christmas Chronicles because it's out of nowhere and it's so ludicrously over the top and yeah. ridiculous. That and you, awesome. and you could tell with this one, they were like, oh, well, we have to do a musical bit at this point in the movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's the it's the beginning of the final act. Therefore, we need musical number, just like the first one. Okay, let's get everyone in the airport to do a fucking musical number. And it's like, no, it's not funny or cool. And it's like Santa possesses or mind controls all the people because like they were all very mad at each other. And then he starts to sing and then everybody starts to dance. 
It's like a Santa removing their free will. <laughs> yep. Because it seems like it. Also, we need uh, this the Christmas spiritometer thing to fill up so the reindeer can fly without, like, dying, I guess. They used that in the first movie, didn't they? Yeah, well, it's like a, like, Elf did it, and then the Santa Claus did it, and it's just a thing that happens yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one has Christmas spirit, and it's like I it's can't part even of imagine. The mythos. I can't even imagine what twenty twenty uh, the twenty twenty Christmas spirits like because like I don't have any decorations up. Like it barely feels like Christmas because like I'm in the middle of a pandemic and I don't feel like celebrating anything. It's true. Uh, so if you weren't able to guess, um, they. Managed to get the Christmas star back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they save Santa's village, and then they convince the bad guy that they still love him, and he has a place there, and he turns back into an elf. Hooray! It's... They did it. I'm real proud of them. Yeah. Uh, kind of paint-by-numbers. like Oh, very paint-by-numbers. Like I said, it's it's what you would expect. I had fun watching it. It's fine. Show it to your kids. They probably won't run away from home <laughs> and try to find Santa's village. Probably. Probably. All right. Uh, anything else? Nope. All right. What would you give it? Three. Okay. Uh, I'm going one and half. Wow. Yeah. I I I hate this movie so much. <laughs> I just thought it was fine. It's okay. It's whatever. All right. Well, uh, let, let's just keep on trucking into our next movie. Roll Tide. Uh, yes, Roll Tide, as LMM would do, uh, into Jingle Jangle, a Christmas story? Is that what, what is it? A Christmas adventure? Is that A Christmas journey. Christmas journey. Excuse me. Uh, Jingle Jangle, a Christmas journey is uh, a musical. It's a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. An imaginary world comes to life in a holiday tale of an eccentric toy maker, his adventurous granddaughter, and a magical invention that has the power to change their lives forever. What did you think of Jingle Jangle? I actually really liked uh, it. Starring yeah, Forrest Whitaker, Kegel, Mike, and Key. Mike and Michael. Uh, you liked it. I was kind of middling on it. Okay. It's okay. Didn't really like a whole lot of it. Like I can't. It's a musical. I can't remember any of the songs at all. Sure, I'll give you that. I don't remember any of the songs either. But like, I remember hearing the girl. Like, uh, what's the main girl's name? I can't remember right now. Oh, Madeline Mills. Like her, her voice is really good. Like Forrest Whitaker's is surprisingly not terrible. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key does this kind of thing all the time, so, like, his songs were good. Like, I remember the quality of their singing more than I remember the songs. So, like, from that aspect, I liked it. Uh, Forrest Whitaker brought, like, a level of gravitas that I kind of didn't expect this movie to have. Well, it's Forrest Whitaker. Sure. He is quite good. He is quite good. I mean, like, it's a formulaic movie, but, like, I don't know. I, I... I think the big thing we need to be talking about is the f- the production design, which is phenomenal. I don't know, you can definitely tell they're on a soundstage, but like, there's a lot of interesting 
bits and pieces and like moving parts and like steampunk robots and little clockwork inventions and stuff like that's it's neat they do like a like they'll drop out of the actual like actors in the story and do like little narration bits where it's like like little animatronic versions of themselves running around and shit so yeah it's neat it has an interesting aesthetic Mm -hmm. yeah it's like that victorian era costumage that they're they're also wearing which is is interesting it's like the hundred years ago like what they would have considered like neo-futurism sure yeah because it's like clockwork technology but like robots and shit that feel human emotions and uh once again the robot is powered by the amazing power of belief well i mean of course it's a children's movie like if something isn't powered by belief then you're not doing it right i guess brief plot synopsis uh so Keegan Michael Key was Forrest Whitaker's apprentice. They worked at uh the toy shop together. And uh Keegan Michael Key stole the book of inventions and ran off and started his own toy company. And eventually he runs out of stuff from the book. Uh so Forrest Whitaker, uh, aka Geronicus Jangle, his uh granddaughter comes to visit and there's a little robot that Forrest Whitaker made that he says never worked. Um, the granddaughter gets it to work because she believes in it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Keegan-Michael Key is trying to steal that to make it a Christmas toy. Yeah. And he's uh, basically being controlled by a little robot thing that uh, Geronicus made years ago. Uh, who like He was going to mass produce into like a toy. And he's like, no, no, no. I don't want that. Uh, so, because he doesn't want to be mass-produced into, like, a toy line, he uh, forces... Well, not forces, but he coerces Keegan-Michael Key's character to uh, steal the Book of Inventions and ruin Geronicus. Yeah. And that... Don, I think it's Don Juan? Is that right? Uh, he's played yep. by Ricky Martin. Yeah, which is pretty funny. Don Juan Diego is the little little puppet boy. Mm-hmm. I, I liked Ricky Martin enough. I, I don't know. Like his character's not super fleshed out. Like it's a very surface level, and it's fine. Like uh, Keegan Michael Keys at least has like a bit of depth to it because it's like, oh, you were for you were Geronicus's uh, apprentice, and now you've completely screwed him out of a livelihood for the last thirty years because you you couldn't wait thirty seconds to receive a pair of inventor goggles. Man, I'm glad this isn't going to be, like, a full episode. Correct. I don't really think I have a lot to say about any of these movies, so all of these reviews are going to be pretty shallow. It's fine. I, I don't feel like any of these movies are anything, like, deep to talk about. Like, I felt like, like, Mom Rainey's Black Bottom, for instance. I felt like there is a whole subtext to it that probably needed to be discussed. With these, it's just like... These are Christmas movies that are all about the same thing, about believing in either Santa or yourself. Uh, and they just have different coats of paint thrown on them. And uh, the quality of the writing depends on uh, how good the movie is. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what would you give Jingle Jangle? 
like two and a half. Two and a half? I'm going three and a half. Man, we're not syncing up uh, to this. We'll find out we'll find out about that soon because now we move into Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Yeah. Uh Christmas on the Square is a comedy family musical. It's a five point two out of ten on IMDb. Sure is. As good as Tall Girl. An embittered Scrooge of a woman plans to sell her small town, regardless of the consequences to the people who live there. Uh, this is written by Dolly Parton, music and lyrics by, and uh, based on the stage play by Maria S. Schlatter. Schlatter? Schlatter? I'm going to go with Schlatter. Two T's. Um, directed by Debbie Allen. Stars Dolly Parton and Jennifer Lewis. And Christine Baranski. And, uh, Christine Baranski, who has big dick energy. Oh my god, yes. That woman, that woman does not give a fuck throughout this entire movie, and it's wonderful. Yeah. So Christine Baranski's a, a bitter old hag of a woman who, not really. Don't um, you dare slander very... Christine Baranski like that. <laughs> I will come she's to your house very... and beat you. She's just very grumpy. Um... No, she's she's still hot. I don't care. Yes. She's 68 and still hot. She can get it and she does. But she like her dad built this town up from the ground up and she's going to sell it so that somebody can build a mall there mm-hmm. in 2020. <laughs> right? That's the craziest part. Like that's that's yeah. such a, a like a 1980s plot to it (laughs) yeah and all the townsfolk rally against her and plan to take her down and she's all mad about it and then uh she starts to learn the christmas spirit through the help of uh dolly parton and her young friend who are sent from heaven to change her life sorry i'm trying to look up to see when the first Christmas on the Square was produced and such. Or is this just like... Is this the first production of it? Okay. Yeah, that's just... You trying to figure out if the mall plotline would have made sense when the play came out? Yeah. Because, like, that's like an 80s or 90s kind of plot. Like, when malls actually mattered. And now, like, in 2020, we have Amazon and a pandemic. So, like, obviously it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I, I need to talk about one important thing with this movie. So Josh Segura is uh, Pastor Christian, and he speaks with the most bizarre cadence I have ever heard someone speak with in my entire life. It's true. Like I can't even replicate it because it's unreplicatable. I mean, maybe that's his his trademark is that he speaks like that. And so, whenever you need someone with a weird cadence that can't be replicated, you get that guy. Hmm. I'm looking at the IMDb page for Mary Lane Haskell, who played the pastor's wife, uh-huh. and apparently she's been in like seven Dolly Parton Christmas things. That sounds about right. Oh man, there's a Vulture article that's like every question I have after watching Dolly Parton's Netflix movie Christmas on the Square. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to go through this now because this, some of these are hilarious. Are we meant to assume that Christine Baranski is Im- evil simply because she marches into the movie with sun in sunglasses and red gloves? <laughs> Obviously, yes. 
Uh, why is Jennifer Lewis st- still willing to do Christine's hair even after Christine decides to evict the whole town? Yeah, I thought she'd maybe fuck it up. And she she did, kind of. But not like in a way that actually makes her look horrible. It's just like, hey, I've mildly inconvenienced you. Uh, Are you reading more? Yeah. Uh, was the wild was the wisecracking child bartender who offers Christine life advice at a crucial moment added into the movie because it wasn't cutesy enough already? And was the fact that Christine closed the drugstore that made it so the little girl's mother died on the trip to get medicine added in to make the stakes even higher? Okay. This this little girl, like her dad owns the bar in town uh-huh. where Christine Baranski goes. Uh to to get some booze on this cold night because uh she's the bad person and doesn't have a family to hang out with so she has to drink i guess as a bad person with no family this is what i do so she goes to the bar and is greeted by a seven-year-old child who uh fixes her drink for her because her dad is at the town meeting trying to figure out how to kill Christine Baranski, Mm -hmm. which I'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) He is the worst father ever. Okay. Because not only is he abandoning his child to run his business for him, which is illegal child labor, he is also giving her unrestricted access to alcohol. Correct. These are these. Yes. Okay. Also, literally, uh, there is a scene in this movie that, centers around the town uh, meeting in a church to figure out how to kill a witch because uh, they call her the Wicked Witch of the Middle because, you know, it's in the American heartland, central United States. See, here's the thing. I remember that song more than any song in Jingle Jangle. Yeah. Uh, But... Yeah, the one lady suggests, like, hey, we should just, you know, chop her up, kill her, whatever. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, let's do a witch trial. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a weird thing that happened. Uh, so, okay. Uh, here's here's the next question that I, I love. Uh, wait, Christine Baranski's assistant, Janine Mason, is an angel in training, and Dolly is lecturing her from a whole giant angel rulebook? Incredible second act twist. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of just uh, a hard left turn. Yeah, I was like, wait, why do we need... We've had one angel, but why do we have second angel? Yeah. Because angels can't get their wings until they fix a human's life. Yeah, good God. Young Treat Williams gave another girl a ring in a coat room? What kind of euphemism is this? Mm-hmm. It's a good point. I, never, I didn't think about it being a... I didn't think about it being like a euphemism for him fucking a girl in the coat room, but uh, cool, I guess. Can Dolly get away with singing what I believe is the 59th slow song in a row simply because she's giving good lilt, L-I-L-T, and singing about how angels know how to help people? Yes. (laughs) Yes, she can. It's Dolly fucking Parton. It's Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton can do whatever the fuck she wants. That's why I'm going to give this, this movie gets a pass even though I hate it. Oh, I don't hate it. It's fine. Uh, hold on. La- okay, last question. Uh, it feels like the townspeople uh, all forgave Christine Baranski too quickly. She was trying to evict them. 
Though maybe I would forgive Christine Baranski extremely quickly just for being Christine Baranski. Never mind, carry on. Uh, that is correct. These are all correct ideas for why the movie passed mm-hmm, over that mm-hmm. so quickly. Well, they found out that she was related to their friend. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, and, as, and as we found out from 2020, there's nothing worse than vilifying uh, relatives because of what they believe in. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to say about Christmas on the square? Not really. Uh, okay. Watch it if you want, I guess. Yeah. Uh, watch it because Dolly Parton is a treasure and she should make as many things as she wants to. I'd be lying if I told you I wouldn't watch them all. Dan, what would you rate this? Two. If it didn't have Dolly Parton and Christine Baranski in it, it would be a one. Correct. It has Dolly Parton and Christine Baranski in it, uh, so I'm giving it two and a half. Okay. I mean, we're we're more in sync with that one. Uh, yeah, you are 100% right. There is no way uh, without those two this movie would be any good, but... Uh, they kind of elevate it. So, uh, for funsies, I put a poll out on our Twitter. Uh, of the three Netflix Christmas movies we're reviewing in this episode, uh, which one was your favorite? Uh, 61.1% of people said Jingle Jangle. 38.9% said The Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Caleb, how much does that leave left over for Christmas on the square? Oh, so zero. <laughs> zero people. That is correct. Zero people yeah. selected Christmas on the square. Which Dolly Parton doesn't deserve this, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you don't deserve the literal angel that is Dolly Parton. All right, uh, that's the Christmas epi. Thank you for listening and uh, listening along with suffering. This is what uh, it sounds like when there's no Christmas Chronicles or Klaus uh, to balloon a Christmas season. Enjoy 30 seconds of nonstop increasingly loud jingle bells as we uh, wrap up the episode.